Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Shadow Diaries from Studio 71 and Snarled Entertainment. The definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So me strategizing a way back to Eliza to somehow save her from dark forces when I'd failed so miserably only hours before was obviously truly fucking batshit crazy. In reality, I should have been crying my eyes out on the way home, deeply saddened by losing my job and feeling like a total failure. I felt angry. And then that anger turned into determination. I saw a farewell text from Eliza, my brief best friend and forever pop princess as a cry for help, but not a goodbye. I saw my dad's house as not a place to recoup from trauma, but a bunker to hide out until I came up with a new plan to fight against forces of centuries old evil. Like I said, I was batshit crazy. The hazy morning light blasted into my eyes as I exited the terminal. I squinted in search of my dad's Honda sedan. Dad! Being the most punctual human I knew, he was already posted up out front waiting for me. He hopped out of the car, opened his arms, and gave me a big hug. It should have felt good to be home, but instead it just made me anxious. I had to tread carefully here, and appearing sane was key. We drove in silence as we left the airport. On the plane, I had thought about what I should tell my dad. I didn't want to make him worry, so I composed a highlight reel of half-truths from the tour. After all, he didn't know these people. Chuck wasn't my professor, he was a boss I had. And Marilyn the Terrible wasn't an angry headmaster. She was a sadistic, possibly demonic music manager, so it was easy to spin a story. Music business is weird. People are strange. Never meet your heroes. Money and power corrupts. The truth was even crazier than something I could make up. And if the story was too controversial, they may not run it. These were the risks of being a real journalist. Real world can be scary, am I right? At last, he broke the silence. The good news, hon, is that you're young with plenty of time to grow. Remember, it's not what we achieve, it's how we grow that matters. So you're not mad at me? Mad at you? I just know how proud you were of me. I didn't want to let you down. Never in a million years. Shayna, I got a strange email. If there's anything you want to talk about... I shrugged. No idea what he could be referring to. And that's when he showed me the email on his phone, written by none other than Christine, the conniving bitch with vocal fry. Subject heading was, I think you should know. Below it was a formal complaint from Eliza's team, alleging behavior that was out of the ordinary, and encouraging my dad to seek out psychiatric care? They're claiming you acted irrationally on the job, that you kidnapped Eliza, that you were a threat. I told you these people are awful. 
I had evidence that they were conspiring to steal from Eliza, and they probably wanted to hide what I had to say. It's, it's total BS. They're just covering their asses trying to scare you. Oh. Well, damn. Fucking showbiz jerks screwing with my little Shayna. Let's just get you home. Get some rest. Live to fight again, champ. As Dad carried my bag up the stairs, he went over the plan he'd masterminded to get my belongings shipped from New York, where my three-month lease had just expired. Which will fit perfectly on one pallet. Got a great deal on it, too. Way cheaper than the moving company. Good thinking, Dad. Anyways, I'm going to go watch the Sixers game. (laughs) That sounds good. Love you. Love you, too. Shit. They're already down by 10. God damn it. With Dad having bought my conspiracy theory, I felt a sense of relief. If I had told the truth and claimed a demonic legion was out to get me, he would have sent me to a shrink. But an innocent pop star being ripped off? That shit is like a morning Facebook rant for Dad. First things first, wipe my new computer. Dump my necessary shit on a G drive I found, and then fire up my five-year-old MacBook Air. Next up, check up on Eliza. The latest news was as bad as I thought. At the Dallas show, fans were carried off bleeding after a riot broke out in the general pop in the middle of a freak hailstorm. Over 20 ambulances were called to the scene. Things were getting worse by the day, and I knew the longer I was away from the tour, the more people's lives would be in danger. But back to the business of tracking Eliza Gold. If I wanted up-to-the-minute intel, I would need to view her socials on the regs. But it wasn't as simple as before. I couldn't just look up her Instagram. She had a bunch of apps tracking her personal social accounts. And not only did she have access to that data, so did her entire team, including Marilyn. If my account popped up, it would be flagged in two minutes. So I would have to create a Finsta account, but it couldn't link back to any of my email accounts. So I had to go on 4chan and find a thread about hacking Insta accounts to pull off a proper cyberstalk. And I'm through the back door, now allowing me to see her without anyone on her seeing me. Unburdened by my own online persona, I sat back in bed and visited my friend. First, there was a video posted on stories, literally an hour after I had checked out of the hotel. Hey guys, it's Eliza. I just wanted to reach out to all of you guys and tell you how blessed I feel to be able to perform every day, but also to start a new thing called Crew Appreciation Day. It really does take a village here. I mean, we've got my tour manager, Russell, who keeps me on point, my stylist, Drew, who makes me look so cool, my backup dancers, who are just the fucking best. I really don't know what I'd do without all of them, especially my boyfriend, Cooper, who I love so much, and his mom, Marilyn, who manages me. We love you, babe. Yes, we do. So much. I love you too, guys. This was an obvious cover, right? Something to make everyone feel safe that the satanic plans were back on track? A picture show of flirty debauchery. Ms. E riding high after her show with her hashtag girl gang and Cooper by her side. But then there were three more posts. Must have happened early this morning. The first was a selfie of her tattoo that reads Urge on her forearm, her scrapes and rashes photoshopped. The next was a close-up photo of Eliza in her SUV with her eyes scratched out and replaced by flames. My eyes caught something reflected in the window behind her. It looked like a faint outline of the Shadow Man, 
But then it could have just been whoever was sitting across from her. Finally, I landed on an Instagram wall post of Eliza and Cooper hanging out on a hill overlooking Malibu, grinning like they knew something no one else did. The post read, big announcement coming up soon. Hashtag feel the urge. How could she go from crying for help to grinning with Cooper? Was I too late? Was the last text truly my last from Eliza? Maybe I was missing something. I replayed the video. Hey guys, it's Eliza. I just wanted to reach out to all of you guys and tell you how blessed I feel to be able to perform every day, but also to start a new thing called Crew Appreciation Day. It really does take a village here. I mean, This time, something caught my eye in the video. I hit pause and advanced it, frame by frame. As she lifted her arms to gesture, just at the bottom corner of the screen, I could make out something odd. I screenshot it, then zoomed in. Was she in a hospital? Holy shit. Was that an IV tube stuck in her right arm? I looked at the last things she had texted me. Things around me are about to really change. Different people, more meds, like they were preparing me for something. Was this what they were preparing her for? What was the big announcement, and how many more people would have to be put at risk from the divinity and their possession of Eliza Gold? A new DM popped up on my account. I didn't want to open it, but I couldn't help myself. I clicked on the new user message, and it opened. Hello, Shayna. Shit, they found me. I can't be here. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're thinking that I freaked out after that DM, ignored every single good impulse, and ran back to save Eliza. That I stalked her and listened in on some secret meetings with her handlers to find out even more terrible info. That I turned information over to police and begged for help. Well, guess what? You're wrong, assholes. I didn't need to know that Marilyn, her son, and her crew at the Divinity had compromised Eliza's free thinking and were planning to manipulate my hero and her music to pull off some sort of terrible final stunt before disregarding her like trash and making up a rock star death tragedy. I knew these people, and I knew that the only person who may be able to tell me something new was dead. But you know what they say, dead men do tell tales. So I showed up at Trevor's house to see what clues he may have left behind. Hi there. I'm a friend of Trevor's. Instead of pulling surveillance outside Shayna's compound in glamorous Malibu, my zag landed me deep in Lancaster, California, at the residence of Arthur and Karen Rowland, parents of the now-deceased Trevor Rowland. I'm sorry, who were you? Uh, my name is Shayna Sacco. You a journalist? No, uh, I'm not, not anymore, I- Save it. Please, sir. Our son didn't do anything wrong. I know he didn't. Who's at the door? It's no one, dear. I'm, I'm just a friend. A friend since when? I never heard of any Shayna he was friends with. 
Now, respect our privacy and get out of here. Mr. Roland, I know your son was murdered. Excuse me? Get out of here before I call the police. I have a reason to believe that he was a victim of what he knew. You people are sick. He's dead. We told you we wouldn't say anything if you just left us alone. What? Did they know? Was I not the first visitor? What was Trevor really up to? I'm not with them. I'm trying- She's scared, honey. Let her in. This was the first time I heard someone else say it, and it made me stop in my tracks. This amateur detective shit. It wasn't just for Eliza anymore. I was scared for me. And Trevor, his story, seemed like the only clue I had to get us out. Thank you, Mrs. Rowland. Karen, I don't know. Karen Rowland had already overruled her husband as I was let inside. Sat down on the couch, poured a cup of tea. Karen sat in the corner, staring at me. I'm sure she thought I was just another journalist looking for a cute headline. I fucking wished I was at this point. He wasn't a stalker, was he? And he knew the truth, didn't he? Mr. Rowland sat down next to his wife and consoled her. She was still crazy raw from the death. Trevor was a good kid. Aspiring musician. When he first met Eliza, things were great. He called us after a small club show she did in Los Angeles a couple years ago and told us they really hit it off. That the rumors weren't true. She wasn't a drug addict. She wasn't crazy. She was just lost. And that in him, she found something to keep her sane. They made music together. <laughs> Honestly, none of it was very good. But he was in love with her, for sure. Followed her everywhere like a puppy dog. And then one day, he called and told us Eliza was a part of some new community. That she met this guy named Cooper and his mama. That she needed to be with Cooper and to be with Trevor. Whatever the hell that meant. But he was an artist and we couldn't argue with him. Eliza got popular again and Trevor stayed on her team from one odd job to the next. Every time a little farther from the inner circle, like a pet shop puppy dog turned to a stray. How could you tell things were turning bad? Did he say anything? Did he say something? Arthur didn't believe him, did you? It was crazy. Devil worshippers, a hex, a music producer who's really a witch. How could I possibly believe that? We told him to come home. He refused. We told him to call the cops. He said they know the cops. He said she was in trouble. He told us he had a way out and he had to save them both. And then we heard nothing for weeks. A text message here, a text message there. Before he showed up here. Looking like crap. Stayed up in his room with the door locked for two days. And in the middle of the night, he disappeared. 24 hours later, we got the call. <laughs> I forget the day he ever met that. Eliza Gold. I'm... I'm so sorry. He seemed in pain. You were there? Well, I... Get out. Now. She's one of them. No, I'm not. No, please, I- Look at her, Arthur! She's in trouble, too. I believe the things your son said were true. Because I've seen a lot of them, too. And I've had a lot of deadheads trying to finish the work he was doing. But if you just let me look in his room, 
Maybe he left something that could help me before it's too late for me and I... The same thing happens. You're just as far gone as he was. Honey, she needs our help. Trevor would have wanted us to give it to her. Trevor's dad got up and left the room. He was furious, but had given up on the fight. If you want to take a look in this room, I guess I'm fine with that. As long as you keep it to yourself and then we come back here again. Okay? Yeah, um... Please, that would be great. Okay. You got five minutes, sweetie. Thank you so much. I'll be quick. I never knew Trevor, but his room wasn't all that different from mine. Records, posters of Radiohead and R.E.M., a guitar. On his desk were some Polaroids of him and Eliza. Beside these, some old CDs with Eliza slash Trevor demo one, two, and three written on them. I opened the drawer on Trevor's nightstand and found his phone. It was password protected. I took a seat, thinking what it could be when I spotted his memorial card pinned to a cork board. It felt macabre, merciless, inhumane, an invasion of privacy. Under any other circumstances, I could have never gone through with what I was doing. But yet, drastic times call for drastic measures. I typed in his birthday. 0901. Boom. It opened. I scrolled back in his text messages to three months ago. They texted back and forth about the divinity and beginning signs of her sickness. I continued scrolling, my hope for any clue running out until I hit the very bottom of the exchange. Oh my god. He found a lone survivor. Virgil told us about a lone survivor. Someone he heard rumors about. If he knew, maybe more people did. That was Trevor's very last text exchange with Eliza, time-stamped four hours before he showed up by the bus my first night on the road. It was hardly the Holy Grail. First of all, he didn't tell Eliza more than that he found someone. Not a lone survivor, just someone. Then there was the fact that there was no name and no address given. I needed more. I started rifling through his closet looking for a computer. Flipping through old notebooks, papers, journals. Everything okay in there? Uh, uh, yeah, just a minute. The clock was ticking. I had to find another clue or else my journey would hit a dead end right here in this room. I looked under the bed and spotted a backpack. I pulled it out and unzipped it. Inside was a single moleskin notebook. I flipped it open. It was a diary of some kind. Could it be from his time on the tour? Okay, Shayna, I think that's enough. I had already locked the bedroom door. Shady? Yes. But I needed every precious second I could get. Shayna, why is the door locked? I quickly skimmed through the diary. It was full of notes from his time on Eliza's previous tour, and how they became good friends. How he watched her change. How he was kicked off her team ahead of the current tour. There were details of ceremonies. Even a sketch of the necklace, the stone, the evil eye. He knew about it all. Shayna, open up. Right now. Come on, come on, give me something. Come out or I'm calling the cops, Shayna. I flipped another page, and that's when I found it. My lead. It was written in marker, circled and starred. Nate. Call ASAP. With a number listed below. I ripped the page out, stuffed it in my pocket, swung open the door, and found Trevor's dad with a lockpick trying to jimmy it open. I'm sorry. I was just having a moment. Get out. Now. 
Hello, Jana speaking. Um, hi. Uh, is Nate available? Nate? He isn't able to come to the phone if that's what you're asking, but I could schedule a visit for you. Would you like to set a time? Yes, I, I would. May I ask your name, please? Uh, um... Stella. My name is Stella. Friend or family? Uh, family. Where are you located, exactly? I got the location and all the other necessary information. It was three hours west. A A visit? I had no idea who or what I was visiting. No business name appeared on the Google search, and the only street view image of the address showed a dirt road through a forest. I wanted to call back and ask for more information, but on the off chance that it would ruin my ploy, I put in the address and prayed. As I started the car, I saw an elderly woman staring at me as she took out her trash. She had cataracts, like the ones I'd seen on the men who attacked Virgil, and later at the show in Austin. I looked away as my mind turned on me, and that rush of paranoia returned. I knew the power these people held, the lengths to which they would go to stop anyone who might want to compromise the agenda of the divinity, and here I was. A wild card. An unknown variable. Out there doing God knows what. I wondered if I was on their radar now. If I was being watched. I looked out the window again. And thankfully, the elderly woman was gone. I was just about to take off on my journey to the mysterious address in Calabasas, just north of LA, when I got an alert on my phone. Troubled rock star Eliza Gold will play Voodoo Fest this weekend in a surprise appearance announced by her manager Marilyn Rose. Despite safety concerns about Eliza's fans at recent performances, the festival director said they will make safety a priority. Whoa. Voodoo Fest rivaled the likes of Coachella and Bonnaroo with tens of thousands in attendance. Eliza's biggest concerts to date were barely a quarter the size and were already descending into anarchy, sending dozens to the hospital or worse. The thought of the mayhem that would be unleashed with 60,000 fans being taken over by demonic forces left a sudden pit in my stomach. As I started off for the freeway, a strong feeling came over me. It wasn't psychic or even intuition, just a knowing that the Voodoo Fest show could not go on, and I had to be the one to stop it. But first, I had to find the lone survivor. The Shadow Diaries, directed by Kay Asher Levin, written by Kay Asher Levin and Zach Imbrogno. Episodes 2, 5, 8, and 9, co-written by Matt Worley. Produced by Gail Gilman, and K. Asher Levin, edited by Fitz Harris. Executive producers, Michael Schreiber, Dave DeVries, Stephen Pearlstein, and Gail Gilman. Starring Madeline Petch as Eliza Gold and Kara Hayward as Shana Secco. Featuring Constant Zimmer as Marilyn Rose, K. Asher Levin as Chuck, Markia McCarty as Priya, Clint Howard as Dr. Summers, Lydia Hurst as Christine, Davi Santos as Trevor, Carter Jenkins as Cooper Rose, Gerald Webb as Virgil, co-produced by Andrew Seeley, Josh Falcon, audio engineer, Annalise Nelson, associate producer, music provided by Gramoscope, mixing by Peter Lipinski, 
podcast cover art by Dak Schaefer. Script supervisor, Rebecca Samini. Additional featured voices by Zach Imbrogno, Sarah Lukasowicz, Danny Gonzalez, Patrick Hambrick, Danielle Hootmer, Lauren Stevenson, Marina Ashfar, Zach Justice, Brighton Charbino, Saxon Charbino, Jimena Medina, David Warwick, Max Sternbaum, Jack Donnelly, Zeke Thomas, Dustin Moat, Brady Morphy, Sarah Sinsel, Dylan Swimmer, Ella Swimmer, Kira Lukasowicz, and B. Busta. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.